Welcome to the Wildlands. I'm Matt. And I'm David. And on today's episode, we'll be talking about... New Brunswick resident moose draw. Did you get lucky? As well as... Striper season. The bite is hot for lures on top. And make sure to stay tuned till the end of the episode, where we'll give you our insight on the product of the day. So let's jump right into it. Alright, so topic number one today will be brought to you by Little River Polyculture where you're sure to find a delicious variety of microgreens and baby greens for all your meal prep needs. All right. So definitely like what we, today's number one topic, and actually we have quite a few different topics that we're going to be talking about today, uh, especially in terms of, you know, uh, what's been going on. Obviously we've had once again, a little bit of a hiatus that we, uh, <laughs> work we, schedules and summer schedules and everything else just go exactly. crazy. <laughs> work schedules and everything and new employment and, and so on and so forth. Exactly. Um, no, definitely. So what we do have though, is we do have, uh, the new Brunswick resident moose draw application. Now we did finally get the results. Uh, unfortunately some of us did not. <laughs> both uh, of us not. did not, not some, both of us did not get so, our yeah, license. Both of us did not, uh, did not get picked. However, we didn't uh, get lucky. <laughs> yeah, we did not. <laughs> Yeah, we didn't get lucky, but uh, we do know some uh, some of our friends, our, yep. our closer group, did get lucky in this. Now, mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken, the New Brunswick resident draw, uh, the results were in as of the fifth. It was it was weird. They because they kind of came out as the fifth, and then there was like a mix up. They were only supposed to come out on the sixth, so they like shut the system down. Yeah, and if you checked in on the fifth. Before they shut it down, you knew when you or, or you didn't type thing. You yeah, either got exactly. it or didn't. And then yeah. everybody else that checked afterwards just couldn't get in till the sixth. Yeah. So you either knew on the fifth or the sixth, but I knew on the fifth that I did not get it. Yeah. We we kind of all checked in the morning kind of thing there. And I think we bef- just like froze the system or something. <laughs> yeah. We overloaded yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But uh no, definitely. And and this comes a little bit to once again, I mean I'm like, if we look at it, we talked about this earlier on, you mentioned that in fact, there is, it's been 16 years since you, like, yeah, that you've been applying I've, for I've the draw never... and you still have not, you know, no. not gotten your license. Exactly. It's been, I mean, I've been applying for 16 years. Um, if, if this, this is the 15th year, like next it's going to take at least 16 for me to get it because 15 i did not get it and then next year will be the 16th year it might take a minimum of 16 to get it you know what i mean but yeah it's uh it's rough (laughs) yeah exactly it's it's a little bit rough just to give you guys everybody that's listening in a little bit of an idea as well like right now i'm actually all the way out in quebec i am in felmont quebec up north uh, in my ho- well, in my dorm room and hotel room kind of thing, uh, and Matt's all the way out in New Brunswick, so we're actually podcasting at two different locations, actually two different provinces. <laughs> yeah, uh, like very. This is probably the furthest away that we've podcasted from. You yeah, know, like usually cool. it's like an, an hour's drive, but now we're like <laughs> now we are far. We're across the St. Lawrence River to you know like <laughs> way up north. Yep, but uh, no, definitely and. Back to the to our subject about you know the the New Brunswick resident draw and everything like that. Now I do know that there is another draw coming up soon enough, if I'm not mistaken, which is the antlerless deer as well. 
Yes. So that's another opportunity for people who, I don't know, if you want to just load up your freezer or, you know, have mm-hmm. an opportunity of being able to hunt. Uh, that is another draw that will be coming up uh, soon enough. I think it is in July or is it in August? I think the results come out in August, if I'm not mistaken. I, I've never yeah, applied for it myself, so I, I yeah. have zero knowledge on that. Yeah, to apply for it. Now, however, this is another question that I was kind of wondering, is that the uh, antlerless deer draw, I, I do not remember, and if somebody wants to actually chime in on this one, and uh, send us info on this, and, or, well, obviously I'll go look it up. But it was the, uh, apparently the zones are not, it's not open for everybody. No, like, I don't think so. deer, I believe, and like, again, it's because I, I'm unaware of, of which zones are available, but I would have a feeling that in the area of St. John, Moncton, and that there, for antlerless deer, I believe that is where the antlerless deer draw is. No, for. I think you can still get it up here, though. I think you, you can get you it in, so? in. Yeah, I think so. In but I think there's seven? like I think there's just less tags or something. If I'm oh, maybe. again, yeah. I like I say, but, I have never applied for it myself, so I don't. Neither know. have I. That's why. But, but this year, I, I'm actually thinking about doing it. Okay. Uh, because I feel like you know, if I want to fill the freezer up, well, why not do it yeah, now? Why not? <laughs> no, for sure. Why not try it out for one year and see what it does? Mm-hmm. But um, no, definitely. And, you know, it, it. I feel like it's it's an opportunity, you know, at the same time to be able to kind of win something eventually. <laughs> if you were not lucky in the moose draw. <laughs> if you, you were know. not lucky in the moose draw, well, <laughs> at least you, you get have another chance for something. Exactly, because, I mean, yeah. so far up till now, I mean, New Brunswick is, like, heavy on the draws, right? Like mm-hmm. we've had draws for salmon, we've had draws for um, turkey, we've had mm-hmm. draws for the moose, and now there's a draw coming up for antlerless deer. Mm-hmm. Um, so I mean, it, it's like an endless cycle of draws that we've been getting. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But and uh, I mean, our moose season uh, for anybody that's that's not from around here is you know it's a week long season. It well yes. not even a week. It's from like a Tuesday to a Saturday. And this year that falls on uh, the 21st of September, ending on the 25th, uh, which mm-hmm. it always ends on the last Saturday of September. Mm-hmm. And uh, that I, I actually, you know, we always get the results and we don't really think about it much. But I just calculated from the moment we're recording this right now, that is oh. only 71 days away. I mean, that's, that's, not, that that's not long. <laughs> I feel like it's, I always felt like it was way longer than that from like when we found out to when we went hunting. Yeah. And, and because our buddy that got his license, uh, has asked me to go along with him because this will be his, his first big game hunt. Um, so I'm actually lucky enough to be able to be out there with him. Uh, and I just checked the amount of days and I'm like, man, that is, that is not far away. <laughs> yeah. So... It, that the, the realization of like we got to get stuff done and ready really just set in about five minutes before we start recording this yeah exactly so, yeah no definitely um the other thing too now now this kind of brings me to you know it, it kind of brings us back into one of the topics that we talked about i believe in season one or something like that where we were talking about you know the moose draw and and you know, probabilities of it, mm-hmm. um, as well as 
is it necessary to do a draw rather than you know we were we were talking even about systematic you know the yes. system and how it works how we feel that it could have been you know implemented or, or improved on certain things and again this brings me to the to the aspect like i was saying it's been 16 years that you well 15 years going mm-hmm. on to your 16th that you've been applying and still have not received it mm-hmm. i mean there should be a certain point in time where it's just like okay you get it you know what i mean yeah like, i yeah I, and again and it's been what what bothers me more with that to be to be truthful is that uh my mother was speaking to somebody not like probably the, i think it was the day the results came out she was at work at the convenience store where she works and uh this guy comes in and asks my mother if she got hers you know and she said oh geez i didn't check so he pulls out his phone and he puts the number in and he checks and she was unsuccessful as well and then he goes on to say i i'm not sure i want to say it's either three or four years i think in a row that he's got his yeah like i mean there's point. there's lucky and then there's like that guy yeah but it, it's not just that it's like look i have nothing against it they no. win they win it's whatever. a draw it's it's you know it's a draw it's but a draw at a certain point where you go like you know the person invested for so many years on trying to get yep. his ticket and he still has not gotten it and then you have others that have been like four consecutive years that they've gotten it mm-hmm. at a certain point you're just like okay look like give it to this guy yeah, if it's if it's not, if they say like, look, we're still gonna do the draw system. However, if somebody's name has come out three times in a row, then if anything, they just skip a year. Yeah, exactly. Like it should be like you apply for the license, and it says, "Have you, uh, you know, have you has your name come out, or they'll they'll know in the system that your name came out in the past three years in a row." Yeah. I mean, at a certain point, it's just like, look, okay. Like, if you get it four years in a row, like, come on. I would like right. to know how many people get it, like, multiple years in a row. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if, the, like, it's not something you hear about often, but when you do, you're like, man, why is that happening and I'm not getting mine? <laughs> yeah. And, like, again, like I said, like, you're you're thinking about it. It's been over a decade that you've been trying to get mm-hmm. yours and you still haven't gotten it. Like, mm-hmm the justification I feel for it is just un, unreasonable. Well, even, like, even our buddy that did get it, he's been, I think this was his 12th year. I think this yeah. was his 12th. This was either his 12th or his 13th year of applying. Yeah. Uh, so, I'm I mean, going on that's seven. Still, you're going on, that's it. You're, you're going on seven. That's what I mean. Yeah. I'm like, going on seven years application without getting it. And that's right. It's just like, okay, well, you know, I'm I'm hit, I'm getting close to the decade too here. Mm-hmm. No, that's that's right. That's what I mean. Like it's it's, and how many others are out there that are in those pools? I know. You know, it, I just anyway. feel like the pools only get with the amount of people that that seem to be like in our in my category and in your category that seem to not get their license either later on. It only grows the pool that you're in even more because then you have those that are in the the other category that were prior to like let's say if Mm -hmm. all of a sudden i don't get it and i'm past decade then i would fall into a category that it's been like i'm getting closer to your category you know what i mean so that's right and then there is a max pool size you know what i mean exactly so it's just kind of like filling it up Yep. And then eventually you're just like, okay, this is oversaturated in in my pool. I'm still not going to get it. That's right. Because, you know, at one point, if everybody in that pool 
has I, I, I'm gonna say a number I don't even know let's let's just say it's I don't know 45 uh, chances but if if the pool has thousands of people that have 45 chances your chances still aren't that great exactly. you know like it, it's not I don't and like then the again system. yeah like, and then again you have like one guy that's in that in the beginning category like he he literally only gets his name in once yeah because he, gets he got it. it four years in a row that's and right he gets it that's right that's what i'm saying like, but again how is that i mean you're it's a draw it's fair it it, it is fair that the i'm not gonna say it's fair because i don't find it's fair it's 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 just luck. It's pure it's luck. Randomized. It's pure random, you know, and I understand that. Yeah, but and it's just by pure hazard that it happens. I am not lucky. Still again, <laughs> That's still just proof. Again, I, yeah. <laughs> still again, I just don't, I don't understand this, but anyways. No. But uh I mean, hey, look. If the borders start opening up, yep. And we'll, we'll we do, do other have kind our vaccines. We'll we'll do other kind of hunting. Well, yep. the money we would have invested in the moose hunting will go somewhere else. That's right. <laughs> I mean, you know, it'll There's be There's drugs that can be applied to anywhere else. So we can look yep. at that. Yep. Um, definitely. So I don't know if you have anything else you want to add into. Uh... No, as of right now, it's just like congratulations to anybody that's listening that was lucky enough to uh, to get their name out there. Uh, I would like to hear if anybody has shares the same opinion on the moose draw as we do. Uh, and if anybody has any, you know, other ideas to make it different and maybe, you know, yeah, it's it's always there's always a movement out there trying to change things, and maybe mm-hmm. you have the idea that would be the the right one, and and just don't know where to put it out there or how to get it out there. Pinnacle maybe change. you know, let us know. Yeah, and definitely that is actually a really good uh, suggestion, mm-hmm. uh, and it'd be really cool to be able to get your guys's input on what you think. It, you know how how what you think about the moose draw? How how would mm-hmm. you improve it? That would be something exactly. that would be really cool to hear from you guys about. Uh, the other thing, too, uh, just before we jump into topic number two, is actually we're going to talk about the uh, recent draw that we had for the Moonshine Rod. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We had a draw as well. Uh, we had 50 participants that, uh, well, 50 tickets uh, that were sold for the Moonshine Rod's Vesper 8-foot, 6-inch, 3-weight rod. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's an ultralight rod that we had uh, that was... Uh, Supplied to us also by uh, by the company itself, Moonshine Rods, by Tate mm-hmm. from Moonshine Rods. He was uh, generous enough to be able to supply us with that. And uh, no, we uh, we the outcome was good. the The feedback was great on it. Uh, and we did Matt. Well, Matt did a live uh, live event on Facebook, right? Yeah, live draw. Uh, what last Friday? Last Thursday? Last Friday? That, that is correct. Yep. So, Matt, I don't know if you want to go into detail about how uh, how yeah, well, that's it won. Uh, you know, with with the busy work schedules and everything uh, on on David's end there, I was, uh, you know, pretty much making the list and, and keeping tabs on everything and communicating a lot with, the, my with the participants. Making <laughs> eh? Making my list downtown. <laughs> yeah, that's, I was trying to think of the, the Santa one. Making my list, checking it twice, but it didn't make sense, so I just didn't say it. <laughs> that's okay. But yeah, uh, so when the, when the draw came out, you know, I was I was excited to do it. I was anxious. I couldn't wait to see who was going to win it, and I, I was very anxious to uh, to be able to communicate with the winner. 
And uh, after, you know, what we did is we, we picked a number. All the tickets were numbered, and we picked the number. And anyway, uh, our lucky winner, Danny Deshan, um, you know, as soon as I contacted him, he said, you know, I'm super excited to get the rod. Uh, I got that shipped out, and now I'm just waiting for uh, for him to get it and be able to uh, send us his feedback on, on how he enjoys fishing with that rod. Yeah, definitely. And it, it's not like, it, it's kind of, you know, it's something that we we look forward to to being able to send out and also being able to, you know, get feedback on, on, on his opinion on it. And the, the great thing about it too is Danny, De, Danny himself, I, I, I've met him actually. Yeah. You, you I a, didn't, I didn't know you knew him when he won, to be honest with you. Yeah. Well, actually he was my, he was like my supervisor for one of the jobs that I was rented out to mm-hmm. at one point. And he is a massive fishing fanatic. Okay. So fly fishing fanatic, he is. He has rods that date back to so long that he looks and searches for like continuously on marketplace or okay. even goes into fly stores and you know he's picked up quite a few. Cool. Um, and he does a lot of fishing in the Quezapscal uh, region, okay. the Bonaventure region, uh, for salmon and whatnot. And it's it's just like he lives and breeds That's fly cool. fishing. So it, it, I find that it's kind of fitting in a We will get way some good feedback from him then. Exactly. I, I found cool. it quite fitting that he was the one to uh, cool. to acquire this rod. Um, no, definitely. So congratulations to Danny for uh, for um, winning the Moonshine Vesper rod. And also thank you a lot to all those that participated for the draw. We greatly appreciate the support that you guys invested into this draw i mean once again as we were mentioning earlier on all proceeds of this draw will be going towards the next draw mm-hmm. which uh we uh, matt and i have been uh, contemplating on but as we mentioned also before every draw we want to make it bigger than the last so that's right expect something bigger mm-hmm. that's all <laughs> we're going to say one. for now exactly <laughs> so uh no definitely that's uh it's absolutely something that uh, we look forward to uh, bringing out to you guys. So once again, thank you a lot for the support. Now, topic number two. Topic number two uh, was uh, uh, bass. What was it, Matt? Striper season. The bite is hot for lures on top. Exactly. And topic number two is brought to you in part by West End Sports. Northeastern New Brunswick's five-star Yamaha dealer, where you are sure to find something that revs your heart and in topic number two especially matt you've you've had this opportunity quite yeah quite well you've I've been out the there a lot lately <laughs> exactly to to experience this this phenomenon i would say in a certain sense oh yeah um a lot more than i have been able to since i've been i've been passing my time up north mostly yeah you um, left pretty much uh right when when the when it got crazy to be honest you, yeah yeah exactly. you left you left just after the spawn in Miramichi, and they started moving down, or yep. up, I should say. And uh, that's unfortunate on your end, but <laughs> very good for yeah. me. Um, yeah. No, and what we mean, like I'm, not, I'm, I'm not talking about topwater lures. Uh, I know they were hitting topwater lures uh, really hard down, you know, in uh, Pukmush and the Misku area there mm-hmm. a few weeks ago. 
But yeah. what I mean by like the bite is hot for lures on top, I'm talking about whether you're using, you know, swim baits or uh, flies or anything. Right now, they're just subsurface and they are hitting them hard. Um, you know, they're coming right up and, and they're they're just gulping them down, man. And they're, they're the numbers are, are very good, very impressive. Mm-hmm. Um, they are constant. You know, weather has been hot. It, it sometimes affects the fishing a little bit in a negative yeah. way. Yeah. But right now, uh, weather's hot, bite's hot. We're, we're catching them, you know, out off the kayaks or from shore. Um, and like I said, with the hot weather, it sometimes it drives them down a little deeper. Right now, I mean, we're constantly catching them in anywhere from 18 inches of water to, you know, eight feet. Uh, we did try in actually deeper water with no success, which was something that surprised me a little bit. Yeah, uh, especially on trolling, you're, you're pretty far down. Well, it's or not even just the trolling light. part. It's like, yeah. I mean, we went out and, and I mean, the temperatures here, I know you're up north, but the temperatures here have been like blistering hot. And I mean, okay. no cloud cover, super sunny. Mm-hmm. And usually in those times is when we hit the deeper water. And I mean, by deeper water, I'm talking about, you know, 25 to 30 feet. Yep. But uh, even in those, in those uh, conditions, we've still been hitting in three feet, two feet, three feet of water, which mm-hmm. is which is really fun because I find they seem to, uh, they seem to hit them more aggressively Okay. because it's, I feel like they have no room to move. So they're just like coming over there full power and they're hitting the lures, you know, and, uh, the, the clients I were able, I was able to take out in the last couple of weeks, uh, were everywhere from total beginners to the last ones I had on uh, Saturday night were, uh, no, not Saturday night, Friday night, sorry, were, uh, no, it was Saturday, we're Monday today, so yeah, on Saturday, <laughs> um, they were actually two local guys that were very uh, experienced fishermen, they fished for bass all the time, but they fished from shore, okay. and uh, they came out fishing with me to experience what it was fishing out on a kayak. And they actually brought all, you know, I usually supply everything, right? You know, you've seen my, my outfit and you've seen what I do and I supply everything. And these guys show up and they're like, we're going to bring our own lures. We're bringing our own rods. We're, you know, we just want to be out there on the kayaks and they want, they wanted me to, you know, bring them to the, the, the hot spots, Right. Yep. And, uh, when, what was fun with them is that when they got out there, I mean, these guys are catching, you know. Every time they're going out, they go out four or five times a week from shore and, and they're catching bass. So, I mean, there's nothing new to them there. But seeing them hook up on their first one on the kayak in, you know, they all said, oh, geez, we're not in enough water. I said, just, you know, just wait, give it a cast. Gave my bait yeah. suggestions because they were used <clears throat> to using their own lures. And yeah. uh, when they jumped into to the kayaks and I told them, you know, use this lure cast in a certain direction and i mean when it hooks up and and they weren't even catching it like monsters really but the, the excitement that they had and the the feeling they got out of it and the adrenaline rush and the the just the feeling the power of the fish compared to being on shore uh they really enjoyed it and i appreciated mm-hmm. the support very much so that comes into you know whether you're an experienced angler 
a complete newbie, you know, anything at all, there's always something out there that will push you or test you or impress you uh, Mm -hmm. to try. Even for myself, uh, you know, if if I can find some kind of fishing that I want to try that's that's new, just do it because you can be experienced as much as you want. You're gonna find something in something else. Yep. But uh, for anybody that's in the the Bathurst Schiller region, you know, uh, within an hour's drive north or south of us, I suggest strongly to with whatever you're fishing, whether it be fly or lures or you know whatever. Don't go a topwater popper style. Just go subsurface with whatever lure you got. Fast retrieve. Keep it, you know, four to six inches underwater, and you should have pretty good success right now. It's it's pretty amazing. You're definitely hitting on that. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's good. That's yep. definitely good. Definitely. And uh, also, you know, when... There are fly options or mm-hmm. uh, leader lines that people can use that will be able to give you that subsurface, mm-hmm. uh, you know, appeal to it, uh, streamers or whatnot. And just, you know, it's all depending on the retrieve. It's really... Exactly. It varies hugely on the retrieve that you do. Mm-hmm. No, that's definitely a great thing to uh, to look into. Now, with that said, you know, like with the subsurface and everything of the sort uh, weather wise so on and so forth there's actually like something that we just uh, like we talk about them hitting heavily on lures at the top or mm-hmm. on, on the surface there is something however that we that you just showed me you sent me a, a text message mm-hmm. a photo of this that lately we have been noticing that uh, I even think that prior to we talked about it saying that uh, oh, we don't believe that it's you know, an issue, but mm-hmm. to you, what you've witnessed lately might start turning out to be a bit of an issue. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, as we said before, you know, we promote, we strongly promote CPR fishing, which was catch photo release. Um, but our clients do choose slash are completely allowed to keep fish. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, if they're legal size and limit, I mean, there's, and I completely, it makes no difference to me if you're keeping one or not. I, I support and encourage, uh, catch and release, but Hey, I do offer to fillet the fish for my clients when they do leave. And, uh, lately I had always said that the striped bass did not eat lobster or very rarely. And in the past week, I was proven very wrong on this. Uh, Every night I went out, which was, you know, I think I went out four or five times last week. I had Mm -hmm. customers that at least kept, you know, one or two fish. And every night I had bass with baby lobsters in their bellies, which is something that literally blew my mind. Because I I did not believe that this was happening as much as it is. As much as as it's happening right now. (laughs) And oddly enough, this season, uh, something, Dave, that, uh, I mean, you've been up north, so you didn't come out fishing yet, and I didn't really talk to you about it. Uh, But you know where we fish. uh, We fish off the sandbars a lot. Like, you know, we 
we plan our fishing around the tides and the sandbars and which side we're going to be on and you know mm-hmm. all the direction wise decisions are made kind of according to that yeah uh but the sandbar has changed a lot here in the uh, in the Bathurst Bay so i've com- almost completely changed my fishing grounds um really yeah like mm-hmm. i'm not fishing i i'm fishing in spots that i never fished before okay. and uh, from the other video I sent you of how many bait fish are in the water, uh, mm-hmm. we noticed the birds diving at, at a certain location. So we headed over there and, and the bite was amazing, right? Mm-hmm. And that's the area that I'm finding that they are eating lobster in. And I mean, it's, you know, it might be five, 600 meters away from where we're usually fishing, but... Mm-hmm. If I catch fish on one side of the sandbar, none of them have lobsters in them. And if I catch them on the other side, they have lobsters in them, hmm. which okay. I'm finding odd. Uh, you know, are are there different schools that literally do not go in the same directions? Do they not, you know? But anyway, all that comes to say that I was proven wrong. The stripers <laughs> are eating lobster. And I mean, I found some with up to nine small lobsters in their belly, which kind of concerns me in a certain sense or, or opens my eyes to why everybody was concerned about it to begin with. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they have, the, the stripers have been around for what I talked to people that were catching them 50, 60 years ago. And our lobster mm-hmm. population is still very strong, but it, uh, it is, like I say, it was, it was, a, a huge surprise when I, when I saw it, I th- thought to myself, that can't be. And I looked yeah. close and sure enough, well, you see on the picture that I sent you. Yeah, exactly. It's completely obvious that that's what it is. <laughs> exactly. You have, you have the claws. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's two. It's not crawdad, and I mean, it's not shrimp, and I mean, I have lobster. on the picture, we're going to describe, I'm going to describe this picture to you. Okay. I have these two small lobsters out of one of the bellies of the the fish, and I have my index finger next to the to the two small lobsters. And I mean, I'm gonna say my index finger is probably larger than these two lobsters. Yeah, you know, so they they are in the very juvenile stage of of life. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. No, definitely. And I mean, like you say, it's a bit. It's a bit. Not concerning, but in a opening. sense, you go eye-opening. <laughs> yeah, that's the way I the, described it. The food variety. And I'm actually yep. kind of wondering if uh, we were to buy like lobster-shaped lures. I've seen them a lot, and yeah. I've always wanted to. And I was told, that nah, of... nah, that'll never work. But now eating them. <laughs> I'm not going to say, that's what I'm saying. So I'm not going to say I'm not going to try. Yeah, unless they eat them dead. Maybe those are not, like say the ones mm. that are like non-survival and just floating off the bottom. I don't know if they would be dead at that size. Anyway, it that's a yeah. You know, I'm I might know somebody that I can ask that question to. Um, like, do a they friend eat? of mine, his granddaughter, yeah. um, is a marine biologist in Nova Scotia. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I'm gonna I'm gonna ask him to ask her see if she has any insight on that. Yeah, exactly. That actually could be something that's mm-hmm. interesting because I mean, 
do they eat the lobster live juvenile lobsters when they're live and they're still skittish and you know they can Mm -hmm. they can flee or are they more like scavengers where they will you know pick and choose the ones that are kind of just floating off the bottom you know the currents and whatnot maybe yeah no anyways so that would be part of topic number two and actually as we go on uh why don't we jump into the product of the day yes of course Product of the day kind of goes very well with um, our topic number one. Yeah. Uh, and another one of our really good friends uh, goes by the name of Mister Moose Call. Uh, <laughs> he'll he'll know he'll know who he is. Yep. But no, he, he he actually has a little Moose Call making company called yep. Mister Moose Call, and he makes they still he, he and his father still make. The, you know, very traditional moose calls out of birch bark. Uh, He's local here in Bathurst. Uh, You can find them sold. Come come moose season or close to moose season, you can find them around town here. He's got a little kiosk Mm -hmm. set up. Uh, And he also has one, didn't you mention, down towards Chipman or something? Rexton or something? it's just uh, right at the exit of Miramichi when you're heading oh. out towards Moncton. Okay. Uh, and you're you're going through uh, well towards Rexton and all that there. Okay. Uh, it's literally just after the well, just after I believe it's the Shell, which is the last gas station. You okay. go down a hill, you go up a hill, you go a little yes. bit further, and it's just before yes. the Miramichi shooting range. Yep. Um, it's uh, just right off of there. You've got like a little inlet, and okay. uh, his kiosk is always right there on the on the road. Yeah, so that's it. So if you're looking for, you know, a good quality, well-made, you know, uh, birch bark moose call, which yes. still has, you know, you know, everybody's going to the electronics and everything now, but there's a time well, and a place for an electronics and there's a time and a place for these, you know, I like to call them old yeah. school moose calls. Like I remember my father always having them around yeah. and now he's went to completely uh, electronic, but in a certain sense, I think that you should still carry one of these, you know, for 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 the up close and personal kind of mm-hmm. hunt. Um, so no, definitely, you know, check them out. Uh, if you, anybody out there is interested in seeing any, I have a custom made one that he made for me. Uh, he can, I, I think, that he he'll do custom orders like um, mm-hmm. what do you call that? Not engraving, like wood burning. Yeah, kit kind the, of thing. He's yeah. got mine. He, he he made me one for bass attack. Uh, you know, with the nice jumping bass on the side and rode bass attack fishing on it. Uh, and I will be bringing that one out. If anybody is interested in having any kind of moose call like that, you know, uh, they can contact us. I can show you pictures of what I have, and I can put you in contact with Mister Moose Call himself. And actually, uh, it's funny that you mentioned it for the electronic calls and whatnot. They they do, in fact, make uh, amplifiers, um, mm-hmm. so birch bark amplifiers that will yep. fit on electric calling to be able to get a little bit more distance or actually quite great, yep. a great amount of distance extra on your moose call, your electronic moose call. So they do have that possibility. Uh, right. They even have varied options like uh, uh, small tree ornaments that are yes. moose call ornaments that you can put in your Christmas tree. I bought those. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I have those. 
Yeah. Uh, they have also the option of, uh, like I said, they have different sizes of moose mm-hmm. cones. Um, and then they also have, uh, every once in a while, they'll make a few very, very large yeah. uh, uh, moose cones that are... Decorative. You know, decorative. They're nice in the lodge. Functional. Functional, but decorative. And uh, with, as Matt says, a wood-burned uh, image, uh, you know, artist work on the side of the cones and i mean each one is unique so mm-hmm. you're never going to be able to find whichever one you pick you're never going to be able to find another one like it no nope. that's what i like about it you have leather strapping you have uh, cord strapping uh, i mean these are all all things unique 100 percent. exactly that you can you can talk with the uh, uh with the fabrication of it you know you can go through and talk through with this fabrication of the the cone and, and really just mm-hmm. personalize it to the way that you'd like to have it mm-hmm. and he does it all so definitely a great opportunity for those that would like to go and see something more vintage or yeah. those and that supporting like traditional local, ways. as we and always try to local. push exactly that yeah. all right so with that said i'd like to once again uh congratulate danny uh danny deshain for the uh, for the Moonshine Rods Vesper uh, that you have won. I'd also like, again, to thank everybody that applied for the draw and also like to thank all those that listen in to our show and uh, also very sorry for the, the delay, but uh, we're yes. going to be back in it, into it and we'll oh, yeah. be able to get you guys some episodes out. I'd also like to thank our sponsors, so West End Sport, Sports sorry, and Little River Polyculture for sponsoring this episode and continuing to sponsor our episodes as we progress. So with that said, have a good one, everyone. Have a good one. Cheers. Cheers.